Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning. It's Tuesday, the 25th of July in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, a big rally in Chinese shares on hopes of more stimulus coming to the rescue of the world's second largest economy. UBS starts picking up the legal tab for Credit Suisse, agreeing to pay almost $390 million in fines to cover misconduct by its collapsed Swiss rival. And new figures show that London's highest earners have received the biggest pay rises since the start of the pandemic. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. Chinese shares have surged after signals from the country's Politburo that more economic stimulus is on the way. While the Communist Party's top decision-making body fell short of announcing large-scale measures, it indicated more support was coming for the troubled real estate sector alongside pledges to boost consumption and resolve local government debt. But ANZ senior rate strategist Jennifer Kasuma says any moves may not fix the structural weakness in China's economy. Policymakers have been engaging more closely with uh, the businesses, with the private sector, including as well foreign businesses to allay their concerns. These are all steps in the right direction in our view and could support a sentiment in the very near term. Now, having said that, uh, our uh, my colleagues in the uh, China economics team uh, do still believe that the measures announced so far would not be able to turn around an economic uh, slowdown that is structural in nature. That's ANZ Senior Rate Strategist Jennifer Kasuma speaking to Bloomberg earlier. And we'll be getting more on this story from Bloomberg's Rebecca Chung-Wilkins in Hong Kong in just a moment. Now, the UBS will pay $387 million in US and UK fines for Credit Suisse's past conduct. Regulators agreed the sum as penalties for the collapsed bank's handling of the Archegos scandal. The £87 million fine from Britain's Prudential Regulation Authority is the largest ever of this type from the watchdog. These fines wrap up one of the many legal and regulatory issues that UBS is aiming to resolve after completing the purchase of its former rival. Economists now think the US has a substantial chance of avoiding a recession. Nearly three quarters of chief economists surveyed by the National Association for Business Economics put the risk of a downturn at 50% or less. Bloomberg's Kathleen Hayes says it's a stark change from April. They're looking at the fact there's a strong labour market uh, and also inflation's coming down. That's the kind of thing that makes businesses do better, feel better. They're seeing improved profit margins. So all of this is making them feel like, well, the economy may not be roaring, the Fed may be raising rates, but we're definitely uh, looking at an economy that has a better footing now. And in fact, uh, looks maybe like the survey is suggesting that economists don't see recession now as inevitable as they once did. Bloomberg's Catherine Hayes speaking there. The survey is part of a wider trend as forecasters upgrade their outlook for the US economy. Now, London's highest earners are reaping the biggest pay increases since the start of the pandemic. Bloomberg's Ewan Potts has more. 
Analysis of wages shows a widening gap between the UK's richest and poorest for the first time in the UK in two decades. According to the Institute for Fiscal Studies, average earnings for workers in London increased by 5% a month before tax since early 2020. That's almost double the 2.7% across the country. The highest pay rises went to those working in business services including finance, accounting and law, all sectors which are concentrated in London. But even in the capital, the highest earners did the best. The data goes some way to explaining why Britain is suffering the worst series of strikes since the 1980s, with workers in sectors that have fallen behind demanding higher pay. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. They're saying in the UK the government says it will force social media platforms like Google to stop scam and harmful advertisements, including fake celebrity endorsements. The online platforms will also be forced to take tougher action to stop children seeing age-restricted adverts for products like alcohol or gambling. Government Department for Culture, Media and Sport says the new laws will work alongside the much-anticipated online safety bill. And scientists are warning that Greece's wildfires are far from an anomaly and threaten Europe's $2 trillion tourism industry. The new record temperatures have forced the evacuation of thousands of holidaygoers from islands including Corfu and Rhodes. David King is chairman of the Climate Crisis Advisory Group and fears the intense heat in southern Europe will become the new normal. We're getting used to dealing with these high temperatures and it means that the number of people dying from heat stress is reduced. But nevertheless, the message is that year on year this is now getting worse and worse. That was uh, David King, the chairman of the Climate Crisis Advisory Group. So those are some of our top stories on the programme this morning. Uh, Can't help but follow the latest developments, though, around the rebrand of Twitter as X. We talked about the new logo being unveiled yesterday, being rolled out across uh, the website already. Um, Interesting, though, about what financial impact this has had on Twitter as well. Brand experts saying that it's wiped out anywhere between four and $20 billion of value. Uh, Our colleagues have been writing about the uh, financial hit this might have uh, meant for Twitter, uh, which of course Musk bought for $44 billion in October of last year. Steve Susie, one of the brand directors quoted in this piece, uh, he's from Siegel and Gale, and he said it took 15 plus years to earn that much equity worldwide. So losing Twitter as a brand name is a significant financial hit for the company. Our colleague from Bloomberg Opinion, Dave Lee, has also been writing about Twitter's X transformation, um, pointing out that it's the recognised icon for make it go away. Um, and X, he says, just sums up the achievements of Elon Musk's social network uh, so far, he describes the communication from Chief Executive uh, Linda Yaccarino as being bewildering corporate speak, explaining that this vision of the app offering audio, visu- uh, video messaging, banking and well everything um, will be the future state of unlimited interactivity. Um, and this is, of course, part of the bid to try and create a, a sort of version of China's WeChat, really, under the X name. And that's the hope uh, for what uh, uh, Elon Musk is trying to do with this uh, rebranding. So that's the latest on what we've been hearing from Twitter. Let's turn back, though, to the story coming from China today and this big market rally we've seen on the back of Beijing, signalling more support for the struggling economy, uh, including help for the troubled property sector. Let's get the details from our Asia government correspondent, Rebecca Chung Wilkins, who joins us from Hong Kong. Rebecca, great to have you with us. This all came in a statement from China's Politburo. What exactly did it say? 
Well, two sort of significant signals here. The first is around confidence, seems to be a recognition of how weak confidence is in China. Um, and in, in their words, a desire to have a quote unquote counter cyclical policy here. So that's significant. And also this mention of tackling local debt, both issues that have really plagued uh, sentiment in China. The second signal here is on property. And it's, and it's really significant too. I mean, even last quarter, we had this mantra, Xi Jinping's mantra, that property is for specul is uh, sorry for living in and not for speculation now that phrase which was the banner under which a lot of the sort of property uh, strict property debt policies were released under was actually absent from this uh, quarter's Politburo statement uh, and there does look like there are going to be as they call them these adjustments to property policy to try and boost that sector yeah and, and, and very interesting to see when we get the detail on that as well the statement came yesterday, but the market's very much celebrating this today. Take us through some of what we've seen on, on markets in Hong Kong, where you are this morning. Yeah, we, we have seen quite a quite a pickup. And, and I think the it's really two elements. The first is that some of this wording has come in a little bit stronger than expected. Uh, and there is this confidence, or at least this thought, that China may now be reaching a corner, turning a corner when it comes to these regulatory shifts. So a shift in mindset here, because these crackdowns that we've seen on the property sector, on the private sectors, have really, really hampered growth, particularly among entrepreneurs. Which, and we know this sort of getting the private sector going is really critical to get the economy back on its sea legs. But there wasn't a lot of conviction that policymakers had really left that thinking behind. So there's first this shift in sentiment that, you know, we might be moving into a different phase. The second is there is a little bit of a technical element here, too, because the property sector had really become a focus of shorting. Uh, and so we see some short covering, some unwinding of those positions to do today, also sort of helping bump that up. But it's property and tech firms, these two uh, private sector industries that are seeing the, the bulk of gains today. Yeah, and of course, interesting to see how long these rallies might last as well. So th- we, what we had from the Politburo, as you say, statements around intent of action. When should we expect to see action to follow that up? Well, I, I mean, I, this would be a much sort of uh, the, the argument that the bears in Chinese equities are still maintaining today, which this is a movie that they've seen before. Early this year, uh, in March, we had announcements from Liu He without much follow-up. So there is that worry, of course, among some that we won't. Um, but we have already started to see a little bit of this this policy making, particularly around property. For example, allowing looser restrictions about buying a second home or uh, you know a third property in certain cities uh, and also trying to boost their access to the debt markets, essentially allowing uh, property property companies to be able to finance, uh, access financing again, which is going to be critical for for the survivors who have been left left in this space. So we already see some of that policymaking trickling in. The question I think remains is whether this sort of drip, drip, drip uh, of implementation will be enough to hold those gains. Yeah, and that's certainly one that we will be continuing to watch. But for now, Rebecca Chung-Wilkins, our Asia government correspondent in Hong Kong, thank you very much. Up next, the AI will see you now. And are your career prospects weighted against you? The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. And Bloomberg's Leanne Gowans is with us in studio with the details of those stories and more. We're going to start in the Financial Times this morning, Leanne. And the headline, Memo to Sadiq Khan, here's how to redesign ULES, the ultra low emission zone. Yes, exactly, Stephen. And Tim Lunig, the writer, he is the director of Public First Consultancy and a senior visiting fellow at the London School of Economics, has written this piece in the Financial Times. It's an interesting take in the FT from a former civil servant on how the London mayor could redesign ULES so it tackles air pollution, but it doesn't anger commuters. Now, this is all all become a really hot talking point and that is of course since the policy cost Labour's last week their by-election in Uxbridge mm. because that is what the Conservatives heavily campaigned on and it showed that people are against this policy. But Tim Lunig says Sadiq Khan extension of the ultra-low emission zone in London is poorly designed and poorly timed but he does argue that well-designed road pricing is critical to improving air quality going forward and it's something we really need in the capital. Now, he says there's a sensible policy which would let people keep their current vehicles, be stricter on replacement cars without hitting the poorest people, but also be stricter on taxis and also on minicabs. He says to eliminate anger, people must be allowed to keep their existing car or van and exempt them from outer London ULES charges. Now, he says this will blunt air quality in the short term, mm. but basically it will help everyone in the long term switch to a lower ultra emission zone, but do it gradually, so not all in one big hit. And he says, because we're facing the cost of living crisis, it's a really difficult moment. 
Yeah, interesting um, point of view on that opinion piece in the Financial Times. We actually spoke on the Bloomberg UK Politics podcast yesterday to a respiratory doctor based in London about this. And, and her argument was essentially is that we can't wait because air quality is causing so many health problems that she sees in her patients. And, and, and that, I suppose that's a kind of a different point of view on that subject as well. Let's go to the Telegraph next, Leanne. Chat GPT founder plots to scan every retina in the world in exchange for cryptocurrencies. This story, I'm telling you something, it's pretty... It's pretty unreal. So Sam Altman has unveiled a plan to scan the iris of every person in the world to help recognise real people from sophisticated machines. I always thought I was a very sophisticated machine. <laughs> but the founder of OpenAI, the company behind Chat GPT, which we've been talking about for ages, actually launched his project. It's called WorldCoin. And he did that in the UK yesterday. And basically, the venture, Stephen, just says what it does on the tin. It aims to scan billions of eyeballs using this football-sized orb that will look into your eyeball and prove if you are a person or if you are AI, which I think is quite interesting. And it will generate a unique digital record that will basically be your world ID. Mm. So you will be able to look. And Altman argues it will allow people to prove online that they are not robots, they are not fraudsters, they're real people, but privacy advocates flagging concerns around the potential risk of a startup gathering massive amounts of sensitive biometric data. Which is quite interesting, as San Altman does say, I get this machine will give some people the ick. Because, you know, your eyes are yeah. quite a sensitive part of your life. Well, indeed. And, and I mean, the, the question of, I suppose, there being any sort of global catalogue is a, a certainly very conserva- uh, concerning one. Uh, but you're right. Yes, I'm all the Financial because Times. Because your eyes open your phone effector. now. Uh, tr- well, yeah, and your face. And your, fa- oh, yeah, your face, saying, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. right. Let's go to uh, the Wall Street Journal next. This is a really interesting story. The hidden career cost of being overweight. Tell us more. Yeah, this story is actually one that we haven't discussed much when it comes to discrimination in the workplace, but it is something that the New York City and some states in America are moving to outlaw weight discrimination at work. And some companies are really beginning to focus on the experience of overweight workers. So they've started looking to what they have discovered, you know, discovered and how their careers have been held back. And there's a really, really moving personal account from a lady called Michelle Matthews. And she said her weight has impacted her career. She's been told in order to move forward and win a promotion, she needs to show up physically. And study after study shows heavier people are paid and promoted less than thinner colleagues and are often stereotyped as lazy or undisciplined. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Come on. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.